Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast, episode number 100. 100. All right, Dr. Ravello, we have hit the century mark on our episodes. What do you think? I'm pretty darn excited. I don't know if you can tell, but we have cupcakes. And <laughs> well, I can tell. I I'm can wearing, see them. I'm wearing a party dress. <laughs> so I'm like really excited about this 100th episode. <laughs> well, let's, let's see the cupcakes first. Hold on. This is very important. And any of you that are listening to the podcast, you can view this on our YouTube channel, Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast on YouTube. Um, it'll probably be on our Instagram, I bet. Can can you guys see that? Looks good. Mm. There it is. Number 100. And shout out to Sprinkles Cupcakes, which yes. uh, they have the local store close by and for our cupcake needs. For our cupcake needs, a little bit too close. We'll hit them up for the sponsorship <laughs> later. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Number 100. So what have you learned, Millicent? We've done 100 episodes. What's been... What's been the best part about doing this podcast? Other than hanging out with me, I get it. You don't even have to mention that. But in terms of the plastic surgical world. I think the best thing has actually been the listener response and the feedback that I've gotten from them. Um, Because that's why we did it. That was the whole original impetus for why we started this podcast is because we wanted to get the reality and the truth about plastic surgery out to the people that were interested in hearing about it. You know, there's so much fallacy and straight up lies and untruths and stories and fables about plastic surgery that this was supposed to be a way to sort of speak honestly about what plastic surgery is. And I think the patients have really accepted that and found that to be true and have really appreciated it because I just hear, oh my gosh, thank you so much. That was so helpful. I get it. Now I understand. Like you answered my questions and it just gives them a better idea of what to expect. Yeah. I mean, that is the the key. It was to be able to speak openly, frankly, with total transparency Yes, because the amount of misinformation... so much. It's so it's much. insane. If I have to hear like one more time, well, on my Facebook group, I heard like, no, no, like, no. So just today, Jason Berkeley, who I do the Dr. Hockey podcast with today, sent me a meme that actually made me stop and crack up. It said, hospitals have chosen to replace doctors with parents who've done their research. No, <laughs> <laughs> no offense to the parents who've done their research, but that would not go well. But sometimes that is a lot of times, and that's not obviously unique to plastic surgery. It's unique to all doctors everywhere. And it's so true. I get it. We all go down Google rabbit holes. I go down Google rabbit holes to decide what kind of fertilizer to buy for my indoor plants. You know, like you want to research everything to be fully informed. And that's no different when it comes to plastic surgery. So I, I totally get it. And I just, this podcast is just part of the research that patients can look I want to just digress for one second that whatever rabbit hole you went down for your fertilizer for your (laughs) indoor plants was the wrong one. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. Now I'm like on the DEA's like website for looking up suspicious chemicals. (laughs) I'm telling you, your indoor plant track record is not even close to your surgical track record. (laughs) Just get a cactus. It's easy. The succulents are are chip shot. (laughs) Well, I will tell you that for me, that has been absolutely the best part is getting the listeners who do DM us or send me emails and say, your podcast was so helpful. I I had surgery in Houston, Texas, and 
it made things so much better for me. I was able to choose the right surgeon. I knew what to expect. It it just helped my whole process right. in having the real information, and it I really appreciate it. Yep, I mean that was that's the whole idea, and um, we tried to be as transparent as possible. To the you know we even totally. talk about our prices, um, which is awfully times taboo amongst plastic surgeons. We talk about our prices. We talk about what you can actually expect. So I'm really glad that we got that out there, um, and I have learned a lot just myself doing the podcast uh, because. At the end of the day, this is two plastic surgeons talking about plastic surgery. So I've learned stuff from you that I didn't know about. We talk about different techniques, different things you've seen. So it's been like a water cooler talk about plastic surgery, like hanging out, talking, you know, about what we do. Totally. I I think the most shocking thing is that you really don't recommend massage for your breast oh, implant yeah. patients. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you don't recommend massage? I mean, you can do it if you want. <laughs> I mean, you just, you looked at me, like, you were like, nope, not at all. I was like, not even a little bit? Not at all. I put those implants where they belong and that's that. And I was like, uh, okay. Because I was sort of taught like massage, it, like without it, like it's a, it's a train wreck. And that's not even close to true. Not you don't really need true. you don't really need to massage your breasts. You press. really don't. But I, I think I don't know. I think you have to do it a little bit. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay. In fact, one of my patients said you need to make a breast massage video so the patients know how to do it. And I was like, I, I don't even know how I could begin to do that without getting canceled mm. or you know people being like, ah, oh, that's too weird or whatever. Like I just I don't even know. Yeah. So I'll just stick with my in-office demos and people can figure that out. I think that's probably wise. <laughs> absolutely. It's a, it's a cancel culture. I don't want this podcast to be canceled. No, so just, absolutely. Let's not do that. Um, but that, that massage thing was really a shocking point because you were, you do so much complex breast surgery and you were just like, eh, not at all. Yeah. It's good. What was probably the most difficult topic that we did? What would you think was the hardest one? Oh, gosh. Probably any time you started talking about your revision noses. <laughs> yeah, that terrifies me also. And that's yeah. what I do the most stuff. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, here we go. I've got to get my big girl panties on for this one. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. I mean, the revision rhinoplasty is really hard. I know. It's I know. really... It's really hard. hard. <laughs> it's, just, it's difficult. <laughs> um. But those those are, you know, the revision rhinoplasty episode is the one that I really look to to send to patients who want to even consider revision rhinoplasty because it is such a difficult procedure and there are so many things that can come up right. for people that I think you got to really, you got to listen to this and understand because one of the patients pointed out to me that during that episode, I said revision rhinoplasty sucks like three times. <laughs> And he was like, you said it sucks like three times in that podcast. I was like, mm, it does. That might be true. <laughs> it's true. I might have said that. It's not a process that I would want anybody to have to go through. I would prefer that the patients, before they get rhinoplasty, come and see me and get it done here first before having to do a revision. Now, if I have to do a little touch-up or something, usually it's very small and can be done even under local. But like with a revision rhinoplasty, when the technique is given an outcome that's no good we're talking about ribs and right long recoveries and swelling and hyperbaric oxygen so i think those are hard episodes that is hard they're hard to talk about they're hard cases to do so those those are hard your are uh, hard. your double bubble case was the hardest case that we talked about that was hard yes by far. 
for sure. And it's just a few episodes ago, but that case was it blew me out of the water. Yep. And like and like you said, the recovery from this, we're not out of the water, you know. We still have to worry about, you know, food collections and healing and infection and implant position. So, yes, in the same way that revision rhinoplasty is hard, revision breast is hard. But we've also had some really fun episodes. You know, I think that actually most of them are pretty fun. They're all, I think they're all fun. I think fun. they're I, all really fun. I think uh, <laughs> I think the drop and fluff episodes. Oh yeah. Fun. I don't know how that didn't get us canceled. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, that was hilarious because I was like, drop and fluff? Did you actually say that? Is that a thing? And you're like, yeah, hashtag drop and fluff. It's all over the Instagram. I was like, yep. And there it was. You were not kidding. Nope. So, that's that's and what it's called. By the way, that's what happens. And that's actually what happens. The implants have to drop. And, and then they fluff. fluff. They kind of yeah. get soft and fluffy. They fluff out <laughs> or whatever that is. But that's what happens. So, yeah, the drop and fluff episode, I think, was really fun. Um, what do you want to do with this thing in the future? Like, I mean, we've got 100 episodes. Obviously, I'm looking forward to another 100 with you. It's been really absolutely my pleasure to hear from your point of view as a plastic surgeon from another generation, truly. You know, you yeah. trained in a different time with different devices, different antibiotics. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just like, I'm old. <laughs> like it's, it's, I mean, I may not look that old, but I'm like, I've been around. I'm like a, you know, 53-year-old, you know, crusty plastic surgeon at this point not about crusty but no, yes. i'm pretty crusty <laughs> you've heard me like, i think everybody on this podcast knows i'm a little pro i'm a little crusty but that's okay i'm fine with that but i do i i am flexible in my and i advance my techniques constantly yes that you do for sure i am so not set in my ways i you know i am the first one to see something cool and awesome and punt the techniques, the the ways that I've been doing it for years to go to the better technique. And that's the whole point of continuous education. That's why we go to conferences. It's why we talk to our colleagues. That's why I love practicing in the heart of Beverly Hills. I am constantly um, stimulated or encouraged to do better, to be better, because everyone here is doing the same thing and trying to be the best. And so you only get better by being surrounded by the best. So that's, right. that's that's one thing I really love about being here. But I think going forward, you know, we're already sort of transitioning into a video format. That's something we've been talking about, maybe potentially making this into its own show, which would be pretty unique, um, getting on more, you know, guest speakers and people to come in and really branch out. Um, we're going to need a manager for we're that. Gonna, I know. We're going to need a little more help for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we we're haven't done it yet. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, we're busy. We are busy. We are really busy. I would love to have, you know, patients come in and other plastic surgeons, but, you know, the the effort. And you it's and like, I, like, finish Wednesday and doing our what yeah. we do, and then we're, we're in here doing this. Yeah, it's right now this is simple. It works well. But that would be, you know, taking it up a notch would certainly be turning it more into a show. But I am excited. You know, when we first started this, I remember thinking, like, gosh, how are we going to come up with a new episode every week? Like, there's only so many different procedures and plastic surgery but i don't think there's been a single week where we've really been stumped like we'll kind of go hmm and think oh i know what we haven't talked about yet totally 100 so percent. there's always always new things always new ideas on the horizon and i'm i'm really really excited about what's coming next no and i appreciate you like doing that whole operation just so we could do an episode about it <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> no that was that was actually uh that was actually a really good episode because 
so many people are thinking about that procedure too. Right. I mean, I, I do a lot of them and I realized that when we did that mid face, you know, lid combo that I had done like six or seven of them in like a two month period. There was just a, a ton of that going on at that time for whatever yeah. reason. And it's good. It, it, it does allow us to highlight what we do in our practices, but it also allows us to, you know, to kind of bring a whole different perspective on common stuff like just breast augmentation like how many websites can people go to and read about breast augmentation but they can actually listen to us give our thoughts about the techniques and the ways that we do that that's why we're here let's see i think the future for us from my standpoint is going to be yes going to more video format we probably will have to get a producer who's going to like line up guests and, and just line tell us up where to go the and, before and after yeah. photos and like uh, the, uh, i guess we're sort of i'm angling for that this is kind of a job posting right now <laughs> so anybody out there if you're interested in producing the beverly hills plastic surgery podcast to the next level that we're talking about we're here we're available we're we're ready but yeah that that i think would be really great and it is it is hard for people to find candid discussions like this yes it really is, you know, and I think that that is probably the greatest value because we're not we're not sitting here saying, oh, well, you know, sometimes it's this, sometimes that. We say, no, these are the six ways that we do it. This is how we like to see it happen. One thing that we could do, which I we have not done, is we have not gotten into heavy-duty reconstructive procedures. No, we have not. Because um, we don't do them. <laughs> That's... <laughs> I mean, I do forehead flaps, and we talked about that. Forehead flaps, I do a lot of breast reconstruction, um, lower extremity reconstruction, you know, after trauma and things like that. just don't do that We don't. The craniofacial stuff with the kids, we don't really do. And we certainly could have guest speakers on and talk about that. That might be an option there as well. It might be interesting Um, to our listeners. And I think that that could actually be really, that could be really good. I like that idea. You know, to get like, get Yurata over here and have him talk about you know right. what what it's like for him to you know consent a parent about craniofacial surgery. Right, that'd be That's really some heavy neat. duty stuff. That would be cool because they know? have a whole whole different set of surgeries that they deal with. Yeah, and we're you know we're, the stuff that we do is obviously technically challenging, very very important for the people the patients that we're doing these things for. But these other kind of reconstructive procedures, the patients don't really have choice. They're not really right. signing up for it. Yeah, like, it's me, like, what re- happened? Let me go research that lower extremity free flap. Yeah. yeah like no. you're either getting it or your leg yeah. is coming off. Right. You know, yeah. those are those are different topics. But for sure, things like the pediatric stuff, I'm sure lots of parents would yeah, love, love to, to hear have. about otoplasty, like yeah. in a six-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe talking about like total ear reconstruction for microtia, those things. Yeah. They could be really fun. I I concur. We're going to need somebody else here other than us, though. <laughs> not Again, what we do. we're putting out that producer call. <laughs> it's, this is actually a job posting. <laughs> this isn't really a podcast. We're, we're just looking for somebody to like help us tremendously with that stuff. Well, happy 100th anniversary, Dr. Happy Ravello. Happy 100th. I think you, you have been an amazing co-host. It's great to do this with you. I'm uh, excited to do 100 more episodes. I will uh, definitely see what we can do in terms of you know whipping up the stuff we're talking about because I, I do think that would be it's time it's time, be pretty to, awesome. time to goose this thing get it to the next level well in that case 
This is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast for the 100th time coming to you from the 90210. Thanks for listening to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. If you want to reach Dr. Ravello or myself, we're available for consultations. We can also be reached through the websites. Dr. Ravello, what's your website? My website is rovelloplasticsurgery.com. And the phone number to reach us here in the office is 310-954-1355. And I do want to mention Rock Spa, which is the sponsor, truly the financial backer of this podcast. And Rock Spa is the Medispa that's located both in Newport Beach and Beverly Hills, providing Botox, fillers, lasers, microneedling, esthetician services like hydrofacials. We have incredible people. They do great stuff. And I highly recommend taking a look at the websites, rockspawnewportbeach.com or rockspawbeverlyhills.com. All the information is also on my website, drcalvert.com.